question everything. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to Question Everything with your girl, Kelsey. All right, you guys will not believe what just happened. So I literally recorded this episode yesterday and it was over an hour long. It was so good. It was coming straight from the heart. And today I was editing and because I'm not that good with technology, even though it may seem like it, I ended up deleting the episode on accident and emptying my trash bin so I could not get it back. I'm so mad. You guys have no idea. Like, I was so excited for this because I was like, yeah, I did good. Like, it just, everything just came straight from the heart. So let's hope that this second round will go better. Um, maybe it was a sign. Maybe I wasn't supposed to say what I said. Um, but let's hope that this one will be just as good or even better. So let's get into it. Um, hello, welcome to my podcast. This is Question Everything. I have been getting a lot of new listeners, so welcome if you're new here. I hope you're ready to question your reality. All right, guys, so I'm just going to hop straight into it because, like I said, I was so mad that everything got deleted, but I am also really excited to share what I'm about to share. So I have a couple new announcements. So first one, I got an assistant. So for those of you who have messaged me on Instagram or Twitter, I will now be replying to as many as I can. I know I have messages from like last year that I still haven't gotten back to and I'm so, so sorry, but I have so many messages and I want to get back to all of you guys and I've been so busy lately, but now that I have an, uh, an assistant, which is actually my cousin, she helps me read them and, and then I work on the responses. So it's more organized that way. But if I d- I'll try to get back to you. I am so, so sorry again. Okay, number two. And this is the exciting one. So I've been working on a side project and that is why I didn't post an episode last week. I have also been just extremely busy with my actual job and just trying to improve my content on here and just to provide more for you guys. And this side project is for you guys. So I wasn't really going to disclose any information yet, but it looks like we will be able to launch this weekend, and hopefully by the time this episode is up, the Instagram will be up. All right, Kels, what is it? Well, I'm opening up my own crystal and metaphysical shop, and you guys don't know how excited I am. It's also going to be a family-owned shop because I am opening it up with my cousin and my aunt, who they will both be providing tarot and oracle readings, and my aunt also does distance Reiki. The reason I decided to do it with my cousin and my aunt is because we've always joked about opening up our own family holistic healing or Reiki business, tarot business, and just providing to help people and giving quality products because I know there's a lot of fake stuff online, so... I think it's going to be extremely beneficial for you guys as well because I know a lot of you have been asking me where you guys can get a reading or if you guys, if I know any good crystal shops online and I was surprised to find out that not every state has a metaphysical shop or crystal shop 
a lot of you say that you guys have to buy your stuff online. So now that I have my own shop, I hope you guys can trust me and trust me in providing some quality crystals and quality sage and palo santo. We did research on the best ones we can find and we got the products in last Tuesday, I believe. But honestly, it's they're all real, raw, authentic. They come from Brazil, Mexico, Russia, all these different places. It's it's really exciting. And we're making them affordable for you guys. So I'm just super excited to finally launch this because we've been working on it for so long. And who knew that owning a small business would take so much work? We've been at it every single day. And we're also going to have our own website, own domain. So just keep an eye out on question everything podcast underscore on Instagram because I will be posting more about that. I will be giving you guys the Instagram for the shop. And then on the Instagram will be the link to the website and all that good stuff. So just keep an eye out. But yeah, that's what I've been working on. And I hope this will help you guys with buying your crystals and getting readings. Um, but that being said, I also want to get some feedback from you guys because I've been thinking of doing my own like spiritual coaching one-on-one sessions. I just have to figure out the logistics of it. But I want to know if you guys are actually interested in doing that or if you would actually want to purchase a session with me or I like I said, I still don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe it's going to be like a three-month thing or two-month thing. But if you guys are interested, then I will work on that. But as for now, all the readings are just going to be from my cousin and my aunt. Eventually, down the line, I will add my own readings and my own sessions. But right now, I just have so much going on. Way too much on my plate right now. But um, if you guys do really want me to add my coaching sessions on there, I will. I would love to help you guys one-on-one. I think it would be easier. We can do uh, Zoom calls, check-ins, shadow work, healing, help with meditation, anything else you might have. Um, But we also plan to do other things on the website, such as group meditations, group classes, all that. So stay tuned. But I'm just so, so excited to finally launch. I believe we are launching this Saturday, March 13th at 11.11 a.m. Pacific Standard. But like I said, I will do some teases on Instagram. So check that out. Anyways, that was the big announcement that I was excited to tell you guys. And I, I just hope you guys are just as excited as I am. I'm not going to reveal the name of the shop yet just because I know you guys are really good at looking things up. And since we're not all the way there yet, I don't want you guys to look it up and then find it. So just just stay tuned, but you won't be disappointed. <laughs> but anyways, because I have been so busy with all of this while also working my real job and on the side, my cousin and I have also been doing Postmates. So it's been pretty hectic, but I haven't really been keeping up with a lot that's been going on in regards to the royal family, all these scandals about these social media people, and some other rumors. I've seen bits and pieces of people tagging me in things on Twitter or TikTok or whatever you guys DM me. That's all I've really seen. I haven't really done my own digging. But like I've said before, most of this stuff is mainstream 
and it's most likely a distraction. I mean, if we're being real, everything is a distraction to keep you away from yourself. But I know some of you have been asking for my thoughts on the whole Meghan Markle situation. And honestly, I don't think I have any thoughts. <laughs> and I know that may sound disappointing, but again, whatever is being said on mainstream is not really what's going on. I saw something that the negative publicity she was getting was actually helpful for the royal family because it was actually covering up the whole Jeffrey Epstein connection with the pedophile ring. And I mean, that, that makes sense. And I was actually rereading some of David Icke's books, um, specifically The Answer that he released last year in August. And he actually talks about Megan and how she's a pawn for the family and how she talks about how she's being discriminated against because of her race. And she kind of used that to her advantage because of how people are this day, this day and age with cancel culture. And cancel culture is something that I've been wanting to talk about. And now that everything is kind of just lining up with this stuff with the royal family and the David Dobrik situation and James Charles and all this random oh and Eminem canceling Eminem for his lyrics don't forget that but I just think now is the time to talk about this because in David Icke's books he talks about how the new woke that's what he calls these people the new woke are the people who are, are actually helping further the elite agenda without even knowing it because of the cancel culture and I'm just gonna read you a little section of what I'm talking about so it'll make a little more sense. All right. So like I said, this section is called, Are You New Woke? <laughs> Cult indoctrination and extremism has no limits. It was even claimed that extraordinary stupidity that Prince Harry's misses, Meghan Markle was forced out of Britain through racism. New woke orthodoxy. Relating to her mixed race when in fact it emerged that she had been planning the move to North America virtually all along. Lawyer Shola Mos... Shog I don't know how to say her last name. It's the lawyer's last name. A monumental new worker, from what I could see, was doing the rounds of television studios promoting the line of racism against the mega-privileged private jet climate campaigner Markle. Moss Shogbamenu, I really, I'm so sorry, describes herself as a political and women's rights activist who teaches intersectional feminism to female refugees and asylum seekers, scrutinizes government policies from a gender and diversity inclusion perspective, and co-organizes women's marches and social campaigns. Well, that just about covers everything. David Icke is so passive-aggressive throughout this whole chapter, but <laughs> he goes on to say, she was asked for examples of racism against Markle, and her reply was standard new woke. Stop asking me. It's not my job to teach you about racism. In other words, she didn't have any. When a race and ethnicity lecturer called Rachel Boyle claimed on a BBC show that Markle's departure to Canada was a result of racism, the British actor Lawrence Fox told her, It's not racism. We are the most tolerated, lovely country in Europe. Boyle responded, What worries me about your comment is you are a white, privileged male. We now live in a press-enter society founded on tidal wave levels of brainwashing. When anything happens, you press-enter and the new woke says, racist, sexist, transphobic, or climate denier. So he, this whole chapter, he basically talks about how new woke people, aka the younger generations, get offended by everything and make everything 
claim everything to be either racist, sexist, transphobic, homophobic, etc. He says, the new woke mentality is permanently firewalled from that self-realization. And this next section is just, it just, it just kind of says what I've been kind of feeling for the last um, couple months. I mean, he, like I said, he's very, he's very petty and very passive aggressive, but you'll see. So he says, new wokers have been enslaved in software minds by those that encode the software with the required sense of reality. Codes go on being expanded into ever greater extremes of ridiculous as they are literally guided through wave entanglement and cult manipulation along the path to complete mental illness. Daily perceptual programming, quote-unquote, education throughout their formative years has achieved this supported by their friends and peers affirming the programming that they have also been downloading. Major internet information sources like YouTube algorithmically offer recommendations that match their search history to discourage access to other information and opinions. That is very true. So he's basically saying that, like, how can you know more or know outside of your bubble if the algorithm is basically programming everyone to know just that. New woke students are described as snowflakes over their demands for safe spaces where they can't be subjected to other views. The cancel culture of deplatformed censorship achieves the same end of I am right never being subjected to challenge. I refer to this phenomena as generation jelly, although it's not really a generation. Large numbers of young people don't fall for it, but enough do and they are rewriting human society because they have the whole cult-controlled system and establishment behind them. So, what, like I said, like the, the new woke, quote-unquote new woke, or the people who are causing cancel culture are basically helping the elite, and the elite want this, and they are supporting it, obviously, because they want more division. They want us to just fight each other. Demands for safe spaces in colleges and universities are expressions of the fast-emerging monoculture myopia and the same with protests and bans or de-platform speakers who have a different view. One commentator said, Very often we, the new ogres, cancel people, destroy people for saying what everyone thought until 24 hours ago. New wokers become locked in an information bubble, which becomes their perceptual bubble. If all they see and hear is their own perceptual programming played back to them, no wonder they are convinced at how right and all-knowing they are. See, like I said, if you are trapped in this bubble, that's all you're going to know. And even in relation to growth, spiritual growth, if you're trapped in a bubble, you're never going to grow. We have the indoctrination of the new woke belief and its imposition on the public by the new woke thought police. The law is that no one must offend or upset those in the new woke hierarchy of victimhood by saying anything new woke does not agree with. This perfectly serves the cult agenda of destroying freedom of speech. Meanwhile, if you attack or criticize people and beliefs that are not in the official victim hierarchy, you can be as abusive and racist as you like and the inclusive, anti-racist mob will cheer you on. We all know how stupendously extreme the protection of woke victims has become to destroy human language and discourse in line with Orwell's Big Brother state. The breathtaking absurdity of PC transgression is constantly plumbing still new depths of extremism and ludicrousness. Some are so crackers. I love David Icke. Some are so crackers that even wokers call them microaggressions, which are defined by Columbia University psychology professor Daryl Wing Sue as brief and everyday slights, insults, indignities, and denigrating messages sent to people of color 
by well-intentioned white people. From what I have seen, all white people are privileged racist Nazis. Doesn't seem to be listed as a microaggression, never mind a macro one. Maybe I missed that meeting. <laughs> David. See, I'm telling you, he's very passive-aggressive. Anything connected to another culture is now culture appropriation, and this includes wearing a sombrero sold to you by a Mexican in a tourist shop. The Mexican wants to sell it to you, but Wokers say you should not buy it because they are offended on the Mexican's behalf, even when the Mexicans are not offended. PC is the world of victimless invented crimes in which those not affected dictate what people should be offended about. This gathers momentum the more the victim culture manipulates through repetition and intimidation and the more people become offended about more and more things that didn't offend them before. Being offended by people demanding your silence doesn't count. To be offended is to hand your power to that which offends you and this planet cuckoo when being offended is simply a choice. You can choose not to be. There you go. Sorted. The professionally offended should have followed me around for 30 years if they want to see what ridicule and abuse is like. Have I been offended? No. I choose not to be offended by anything, least of all by ridicule and abuse from bubble wrap minded people. There is no more profound confirmation of your balance and self-security than being able and willing to laugh at yourself, which new woke can't do. I don't understand the sequence of being offended when I don't experience it. Someone says something you don't like or agree with, okay, and... Have your say if you feel it's necessary, it usually isn't, and get on with your life. Why scramble your emotional state and wave field state by the irrelevance of being offended? If we really cared about the well-being of children and young people, we would not be protecting them from things they are told to be offended about. We would be encouraging them to be strong, sovereign individuals who don't give a shit. Never mind take offense at what anyone says to them about them. New wokeness is a contagious psychological virus, unless you are conscious beyond mind and the five senses. This is the reason why we need to understand why new wokers think and act the way they do. They are prisoners of new wokeness, a perceptual computer virus. Tim Hunt, a Nobel Prize winning British biochemist, was vilified and had his career severely damaged for a so-called misogynist joke that turned out to be nothing like it was reported to be by a professionally offended new woker. What is said or more to the point meant doesn't matter. How new woke perceive what is said while permanently scanning the environment for potential offense is all that matters for fast asleep wokers. And he also talks about how a doctor in England praised a father for stepping in manfully to bring his daughter um, for an appointment because his wife couldn't make it because his wife was at work. And apparently everyone canceled him and now doctors have to focus more on what they say rather than actually taking care of the patient. And that hospital had to make a huge statement and apology. And it's just, it's just so crazy. He goes on to saying all these crazy examples of cancel culture and how insane it has gone. Like, let me just read you some. So, Oxford University's Equality and Diversity Unit tried to accuse people who avoid eye contact with others of racist microaggression. Transgender campaigns condemn such phrases like born a man or born a woman as inaccurate and offensive. Biological male and biological female are deemed problematic by U.S. Gay Rights Media Monitoring Group. Suffolk County Council in the UK stopped using traditional cat eyes removed warning signs over fears that people thought real cats may have been killed to manufacture these reflective road safety devices. Applause was banned by the National Union of Students' Women's Campaign over concern that it could trigger anxiety among nervous students with whooping and cheering also targeted. I actually heard about this, that you can't clap anymore 
I'm not sure if it was in the U.S. Yeah, it was, I think it was in the U.K. But I heard that people can't clap anymore because it triggers anxiety. Instead, people are told to applaud with jazz hands, which means waving your hands in the air silently. Braided hairstyles on white people are cultural appropriation. The word exotic is apparently a major verbal microaggression with nasty racial underpinnings. Fat liberation activists say the term fat shames people who might not fit the conventional beauty standards of our society, but if you are fat and okay with that, you can reclaim the word as your empowering identity. A guide released by the New School, a, a private college in New York, said the size of chairs was deemed a microaggression against overweight people. Wow. And he, there's so many. He has like three pages of all these, all these examples. Apparently asking where are you from and where were you born is racist. He also talks about how at Clemson University's diversity training that they can't say to be on time because that would be considered a microaggression as time may be considered fluid in some cultures. There, it just, it just goes on. It goes on and on. And David Icke talks about how this cancel culture is just helping. It's just helping them with their agenda. And I wish I still had the other episode because I went off on a tangent about this because I've been, like I said, I've been wanting to talk about cancel culture for so long and I just don't know how to talk about it without getting canceled, you know? So bear with me. I might get canceled. <laughs> I even talked to my my kids who I mentor about this and they're around 15, 16 years old and stuff. And even one of them said that she's she's sick of it. She's sick of it. And she also gets targeted sometimes. Um, she posts on social media. I guess she posted the other day a, a TikTok video and someone like spit in the video and someone was like, you should put a spit trigger warning. And it's just gotten to the point where we can't make content anymore without offending someone. And I mean, in regards to the whole race, ethnicity, culture, gender, identity, transgender, and all that, like, that is very touchy right now. And I, I completely understand both sides. But if we look at it from a deeper level, which I also understand that not a lot of people do, not a lot of people pick things apart like I do. But essentially, all these labels are just that. They're just labels. They're just a part of your ego, a false sense of self, a false sense of identity. And like David Icke said, if you get offended, you are giving away your power. And what I'm trying to teach you guys and help you guys realize is how powerful you already are, how whole and complete you already are. So why let someone you don't even know offend you? Because most of the times the people who are saying these offensive terms or misgendering or culture appropriating or whatever the case may be, don't know you. So why let that offend you? And I just, I don't understand. Like coming from my perspective, like I, I'm Mexican. So my parents came here from Mexico City when they were like 20 years old. They came to the US so my brother and I could have a better life. And I'm extremely grateful for that. However, they haven't had it easy. And we definitely have been discriminated against. Um, we grew up in a very white um, town, for lack of better terms. <laughs> but my mom, she works in the medical field. And the amount of times that people have walked up to her and said, like, go back to your country or um, please speak English. It's America. Or you shouldn't be working in this field because you don't speak proper English. Um, oh, my gosh. When it was the 2016 elections and Trump got elected, 
there was this one patient who went up to her and said, I can't wait till Trump gets into office. So you go back to your country. And of course, like these words hurt. And obviously, like in the moment when she told me that, yeah, I was mad. It's not that I was offended, but I was mad. And she didn't let that offend her. She didn't let that take her power away. Obviously, words hurt. And she did have a moment of, okay, ouch. But she moved on and she she's still working. She didn't let those people stop her from doing what she loves and helping other people. So what I'm trying to say is like she didn't cancel them, you know? She didn't she didn't make a big deal about it. And I mean, at that point you can kind of make a big deal about it if it's like an in-person thing, especially at your work and you're being discriminated against like that. However, if we compare that situation to what's going on on social media when someone misgenders you on accident and then you get super offended by that and then you trash them. Like it just It doesn't make sense to me to be hateful back to the person who you think is being hateful towards you. It's like that one quote, like, you either become a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Because essentially, these people are becoming who they hate. And it's kind of like a double standard. And honestly, the, the real reason why this is all going on, like I said, it all comes back to one thing. And I know you guys know what I'm gonna say. But If we're getting offended by what people say about us, it's not us who are getting offended. It's our egos. It's our false sense of identity. It's a 3D aspect of us because we are more than this 3D dimension. We are more than our bodies. We are more than our thoughts. So these people with this cancel culture are anchoring us down and keeping us at that 3D vibration because they are so attached to their ego and their false sense of self. If only everyone knew how much more they are and how they don't need to defend themselves. Like how I've been preaching for the longest time. Your ego is the one who needs defending. Your ego is the one who's getting offended. Your ego is the one who needs you in this safe bubble because your ego doesn't want to grow. Your ego doesn't want to achieve great things. It just wants you to be protected and sheltered. Your authentic self, your soul, your your true essence wants to love everyone, wants to open up, wants to be who it's meant to be in this lifetime, but your ego is like, uh-uh, nope, we're keeping you in this cage. So, like I said, I, I know I think things deeper than most people, but if we all took a second and realized that we're not our egos and we're not that and became aware of our emotions when they arise and our thoughts and try to heal them on our own rather than depending on someone else to heal us or to be a better person like take a step back and be like why why am I offended by this why am I triggered why is this bothering me why do I want to punch them like why do I want to cancel them why is this making me angry like is it something that I can't accept about myself is it something that I have done and it's just reflecting back to me is it something that reminds me of past trauma like this is completely all shadow work and healing is a lot of work healing is so much work but it's worth the work it's worth the investment and i feel like not enough people invest in themselves and that's why we see what is happening right now if we all took the time to properly heal ourselves this would not be going on at all because obviously everyone's experiences shape their egos and that's why they are getting triggered by certain events, situations, name calling, etc. But if everyone just 
stepped into their power and knew that they were whole and complete on their own, knew that they are love, and knew that they are everything, they wouldn't get offended because they know who they are. And I mean, that does take a lot of self-love and healing, but I mean, that's what we need right now. We all need self-love and healing. And honestly, that would make the world go round. I, mean, I don't know at this point. It's just, it's just so crazy. Like the whole David Dobrik situation that just happened and he's getting canceled. And that's another thing. Like when social media people get canceled, there's been so many, I can't even name them. But we are focusing on the wrong issues. Like on a 3D level, a human level, a human experience level, we were focusing on the wrong issues. Like even me and my kid, we were talking about it. And so it's so funny when I say my kid because I don't have kids, but you know, the kids that I mentor, uh, we were talking about how, um, crazy that, how crazy cancel culture is. And she, she was like, but no one my age wants to talk about like the child trafficking or the pedophilia. Like, I just don't understand why my generation doesn't focus on the real issues or even wants to look into it. And when we bring it up, they they think we're crazy or they think we're associated with Trump, apparently, because that's also been a trend that if you talk about child trafficking, you're associated with Trump, which is absolutely insane. And the programming is so prominent because obviously the media the me- that's the media's narrative that if you advocate for child trafficking that you're a Trump supporter and then you're immediately canceled. There's so much stereotyping going on and just so much labeling and people attaching to their labels, but my kid has a point and she's 15, but like David Icke said, not all the young people are new woke, quote unquote new woke. I'm obviously not a part of that crowd. We should be focusing on bigger issues and actually trying to make an actual change for the world, but it all starts with you and it all starts with every individual just working on themselves. And I I know I'm so repetitive. I'm so sorry, but it's just, it really just comes down to that. Because if we think about it, like the ego is the ones getting offended and then the offended has to defend themselves, which is just ego. And it's feeding the other people's egos or pain bodies. And it's just continuing this negative cycle. And that's what they want. The elite don't want us to know that we are sovereign beings, that we are more than our bodies. The The agenda for them is just to have us under control. And as long as we know that we don't have power within ourselves, then they got us where they want us because they want us to feel like we're these weak humans. And that's why they do these things. Once that happens, it's like problem, reaction, solution. Like anything happens and you're like, oh, I need help. Let's go to the government for help. Like, it's exactly what's going on. They want us to feel like we're weak and we can't live without them. It's kind of like a manipulative boyfriend or girlfriend, if you think about it. (laughs) But it's just, I just think healing is so important right now. And I don't know how else to get that across. (laughs) Like, everyone, rather than taking the time and actually reflecting on their words and their past and their their wounds they are projecting onto other people. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not trying to invalidate any situation or any discrimination that's been happening against race, ethnicities, uh, cultures, or um, against gender and all that stuff. Because I respect everyone for who they are and who they love. Like, you do you, boo. I support it. I respect it. I admire it. I appreciate it. 
However, people do sometimes take my words the wrong way. Like recently, I've been called racist, transphobic, homophobic, anti-Semitic, you name it. I've been called, I've been called it all. But I just, I don't let that bother me because I know who I am and I know that those are not my intentions. My intentions are coming from unconditional love. And of course, I do take what they say and I do reflect on myself because I want to be a better person for myself and for everyone else around me. So what they tell me, I don't just let it fly and I don't also defend myself. Well, that's a lie. I have done that before. I have defended myself by saying like, no, I'm not. But I don't attack back is what I'm trying to say. I don't say like, well, you're an idiot, you know, but I know who I am. So I know my intentions are pure. They're coming from a pure place, not an egoic place. And I hope you guys can see that. But like I said, what I, I take what they say and I actually reflect on it and I'm like, okay, maybe I could have worded that a little better or maybe I could have said that in a different tone. At the same time, like, because I know that I'm not trying to be mean, cruel, discriminative, or any of the above. I won't let that affect me as much as it would affect the next person. Like, I just feel like it's not that people are so sensitive now. I just feel like it's that people don't realize how much they have within themselves already. And it's all indoctrination. And and he talks about it too in the book. He talks about how it takes 15 to 20 years to program a generation through education. And it's, it's what's been happening. It's in the indoctrination of education. Not only education, but we see it on social media every single day. And these kids are glued to their phones. And during quarantine and all this time with no school, I mean, physical school, but online classes, that's all they know right now is online. And not trying to call you guys out, not trying to call anyone out, but it feels like everyone just following the crowd, you know? And I mean, at that age, the younger age, I I did too. I followed the crowd. I wanted to be one of the cool kids or like I wanted to follow what my friends were doing. So if everyone's doing something, they're going to follow. So I just think that this whole cancel culture has become not a trend, but it just becomes something that people just follow because other people are doing it and they're not doing it for the right reasons, you know? But I do admire the people who are trying to make it a safe place and a loving community for everyone. However, it's come to the point where it's become really toxic. And like I said before, like you either live to be a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And if we compare it to like even helping your friends out, like when you try to help your friend who's in a bad place, like the more you try to help and the more you shove your help in their face when they don't really need it, the more you're pushing that person away, you know, and it's not helping at that point. I mean, that goes for everything, but at this point, that's what's, that's what's happening right now. And I don't think anyone really realizes that. And I don't want people to be like, wow, Kels, you sound so racist because you you don't think that these people are being... And it's like, no, it's not that. It's like, I I think you guys need to realize that you're more than your labels. You're more than these, these identities that you think you are. You are not your race, your ethnicity, your culture. You are not those things on a, on a 5D level. You are so much more than that. And of course, we have to honor our culture and our races and our gender and our 3D body and honor and appreciate that. But don't identify with it to the point where you get so offended by what a stranger says online that you manifest an illness because sometimes this stuff gets you so stressed up, so worked up over nothing that you get physically ill. You get so much anxiety and 
anger and you get physically ill. Like I've talked about this before. And whatever energy you put into your body, it's going to manifest. So if you have all this anger, which is energy, but it's lower vibrational, or fear, anxiety, or worry, you're going to eventually, if you just, if you just hold that in your body and don't release it or don't heal it or don't acknowledge it, don't bring it to light, you're going to manifest into a headache, a stomach ache. You're going to be sick to your stomach. It's gone to the point where I don't know what to say anymore because if I say something, I'm afraid I'm going to offend someone. And I know with my content and the truth, con- quote unquote, truth content, spiritual content, it's beyond the boundaries that have been set in the new woke. So I know it's going to offend some people. I know it's going to throw some people off because it's not in their bubble. Like going back to what I was talking about in the beginning and what David Icke said, if they're stuck in this bubble, that's all they know. So if I come in with like the elite agenda or we are more than our labels and all that, they're going to be like, wow, you have a really funny way of discriminating against what I identify with. And it's it's not that. I'm trying to make you see that you are more powerful than you actually are. You're more, you are more, you are so much more. You, you oh, I just don't know what to say. I don't know. I just, obviously, I'm only speaking from my perspective. And like I said, I, I feel like everyone, every person on this planet has lived an individual life with different experiences and different perspectives. And I, I know I'm going to offend people and I apologize from the bottom of my heart if I have because I have no ill intentions. I love everyone equally. I try to share my unconditional love with everyone and I mean, it's a work in progress and we learn every day, but I just, I just feel like right now there's so much, I hate to say this, but narcissism and entitlement and selfishness and it doesn't seem like that from the outside, but if you really think about it, like it's just very, very narcissistic and they turn it around on you and make it manipulative in some way. And I'm not trying to, like, I don't know how else to talk about this because like I said, it could go many different ways and it's very controversial. But to the extent of canceling eye contact because it's racist is insane to me, you know? To the point of canceling someone's career for something that happened years ago is crazy. And I mean, obviously, I'm talking about David Dobrik right now, like that whole situation. If you haven't heard what happened, David Dobrik, he's a YouTuber, very famous. He got canceled because I guess in 2017, he sexually assaulted one of their friends in a video. I mean, there's so many stories to it. I don't have an opinion about it either. However, I was watching a video yesterday um, because my kid, one of my kids wanted to see a video about it because we were talking about cancel culture. And in the video, the person who is accusing them said, I have healed from this situation, but I feel like it needs to be talked about. So that really stood out to me just because he said, I have healed from this situation, but it needs to be talked about. Like, I understand the awareness that needs to come about from the situation because he felt the way he did. However, if you have healed from something, why bring it up? I don't want to sound insensitive or anything like that, but I just feel like if you've already healed and moved on from that situation, especially if it was four years ago, like, why bring it up to ruin someone else's career unless you have an alternative agenda? I don't know. Like I said, I'm trying not to have an opinion on that, but I, I... I just, I feel like people are putting the responsibility on others for them to create a safe place for them. 
people are putting responsibility on others to create a safe place for them when in reality, we all need to be responsible for our own healing, be responsible for our own bubble, I guess you can say, be responsible for the way we treat others and the way we get treated. Like, if you are around someone who is being mean all the time and rude and projecting, like, why are you around that person? Like, it's your responsibility to set boundaries. And of course, I know that's easier said than done. It's not like you can just cut off your best friend if it is your best friend, you know? But it's time to take responsibility for your life, your feelings, your emotions, and step into your power. Because once you take responsibility, you're taking your power back. Because if you put all the responsibility on other people, expecting them to treat you a certain way or to not say certain things, you're giving your power away. At that point, you're just going to live in anxiety and fear your whole life. And I mean, I just, I don't know what else to say. I really don't. I just, I wish I could help everyone see things from a bigger, bigger perspective, but I'm only one person. A lot of what I say doesn't resonate with everyone, you know? I know a lot of you do resonate with what I say, and I am so grateful for that, and I'm so grateful that I can actually resonate with you in that way. However, some people who are starting their spiritual awakening or who are realizing they are more than just their bodies, they're still in that limbo phase of, hey, maybe this person does need to be canceled. I mean, like, obviously, I'm not I'm not condoning any of these behaviors. I just want to make that clear. I do not think what they are doing is correct behavior. No, not at all. I can still discern what is bad behavior versus what is good behavior. But there's a difference between saying, hey, bro, like that wasn't cool. You're being kind of racist or that's kind of discriminative against my culture. Like, I don't like you doing that versus you're canceled and I'm going to ruin your career. I don't understand. Like, do you guys see what I'm trying to get at? You know, like, there can be so many more civil conversations rather than exploding this and making a big deal. I do agree that some things and some topics need to be addressed and brought to light, such as sexual assault and racism and um, pedophilia and and all those big ones. But there are certain little things that is just like, it's it's not triggering. I feel like people are confusing being triggered with being uncomfortable. There's going to be many situations in life that you're going to be uncomfortable in, but that doesn't mean that you are triggered from something. And like, okay, I don't want to say that either because people are going to be like, you don't know what other people have been through or what their trauma is. But that just goes back to how I said that you're responsible for your own healing. And that's okay if you're not ready to step into your healing or step into facing those triggers. But at the same time, like, don't put that responsibility on other people. Don't hold other people accountable for that because at the end of the day, you can only control yourself. You can only control who you are, your actions, your thoughts. So this is going to sound so bad and I'm sorry, but it's just there's no better way to put this than saying worry about yourself you know, just worry about you. Don't worry about the things that you cannot control. And that includes other people. I 100% agree that you should speak up and speak up for other people in the sense of if you're in, in the act of someone being discriminated against or, or someone's being rude, like I would say something like, hey, that was not cool. But don't freak out and call them an idiot, call them stupid or engage in that negativity like and honestly 
I think personally the best response is no response. And I actually said that the other day on Twitter because when you don't give them a response, you take your power back. When you don't give them a response, you step into your sovereignty. And that's what the elite don't want. They don't want each one of us to be focused on our self-love and healing. They don't want that. So that's why they're creating all these little problems, issues. They don't want you to know that they are literally harvesting children underground. And I'm sorry, that's very vulgar, but it, it, it just is what is happening. And it just, that's kind of what is bothering me the most about this is, like I said in the beginning, that there are bigger issues there's so many bigger issues, but we're focused on the wrong ones. And don't get me wrong, I will repeat this again and again. I don't condone the bad behavior, but I also don't allow it to offend or affect me if it relates to me, obviously. Like, I don't know all, like, the discrimination against the other races or ethnicities and all that. But at the same time, if we step even further back and realize we are none of this physical, we are none of this, we are more than that, we would realize how powerful we are and just take our power back. And the other day I tweeted, I don't understand why non-binary people get so offended when you misgender them or when you assume their gender. Because obviously, like, I, I'm going to assume you're a girl if you look like a girl. But they get so offended if, if the first time you ever say something and you call them a girl, they get really offended. And it just, it doesn't make sense to me. And I, and I said that in the tweet. I said... At the end of the day, these are just labels. Like, and it, yeah, it definitely got some hate and it definitely reached, reached people who are very attached to the 3D. And those people were saying that, well, I guess it wouldn't matter if I called you an asshole because it's just a label. And they were just attacking me back, but it just kind of proved my point that people like this just keep the negative cycle going and attacking each other. I wasn't even trying to attack anyone. I was just literally speaking my mind because I see it as an ego thing because obviously it's a label. It's a label that people identify with on this 3D physical. And if you want to do that, that's perfectly fine. Like you do you, that's your experience. And we're here to do that. We're here to experience, but don't make it worse for yourself. You know, I feel like people who do get offended and um, take it to heart like that are just making themselves suffer for no reason. And someone else commented that it could be with it could be in regards to acceptance. Like, they want to feel accepted into this world. And of course, like, I know there are people out there who are really have cruel intentions and are purposely doing this to make them angry or are purposely doing this to offend them and be mean. But at the same time, if you react back to those people, you're just feeding their pain body and making their ego bigger. And it's just going to continue the same negative cycle that we've been stuck in. And I know... Like I said, this is so controversial and I don't want anyone to hate me for this, but I understand there's also trauma attached to the the gender side of this situation. Um, and I don't want to invalidate anyone's trauma or discredit that at all. I just, I don't know how else to word this, but I just wish people, I wish more people were taught how to heal and how to work through their emotions and break them down and realize why they're feeling this way or because I just it just hurts my heart seeing all these people with so much trauma and so much so much hurt you know especially with the kids I work with like I just wish everyone loved themselves you know and 
I just wish everyone realized how amazing they are and how amazing they are capable of being and treating each other that in that same light. And it just, it just blows my mind that there's so much projection going on. And, and like I said, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just, because I obviously don't, I don't know that experience. I don't know the experience of being transgender, gay, um, non-binary, etc. And being called the wrong pronoun or being discriminated against in that sense. So I really can't have a say in that. But from my perspective... I'm seeing it from, I guess, like an ethnicity perspective because I have been discriminated against as being a Mexican, but I know they're not the same before anyone says that, but I'm just saying like from that perspective, I just step back into my power and don't let it offend me. I check back with myself and re- ask myself like, why would, why does this offend me or why am I mad? Like, especially with the whole situation with my mom. Like, why did that make me mad? Like, my mom knows her power. She knows she's all love. She knows her intentions are pure. She knows who she is. And she loves herself. Like, why am I getting angry for her? Why am I offended for her? And then I just had to step back and then realize, like, that doesn't matter because that person, I will, I will never see that person. Or my mom will never see that person again. Like, it's just a stranger. And obviously, like, we're not going to condone the behavior. And if it happens again, like it's okay to say something, but don't be the person you hate. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making any sense. I mean, in the last episode that I recorded about this, like I was just word vomiting from my heart and it made a little more sense in that episode. I wish I still had it. I just don't know what other way to put this. Like, I just want to talk about this little section that David Icke talks about how New Woke is subconsciously furthering their agenda. So he says, two other cult motivations for identity politics are divide, rule, descent into tribalism and imposition of the Big Brother state. There are far too many people in the world for the cults to control them all. They plan to do that soon by connecting the human brain to artificial intelligence, but for now they don't have the numbers to impose their will on a population on its way to 8 billion. If people would choose not to cooperate. They overcome this problem as they always have by manipulating people to control each other in line with the cult agenda, which is basically what's happening. Everyone's just controlling other people. Divisions generated by new wokeness are self-evident with the obsession with race, culture, and sexuality, which offer endless potential to divide the general population and even the subdivisions of self-identity. We see this increasingly happening as revolution consumes its children. The calling card of new wokeness is to do everything that it condemns others for doing, and there are many precedents for this with religion. Inquisitions in their various forms that persecuted, tortured, and killed untold millions were orchestrated by the alleged followers of gentle Jesus and opponents of the evil Satan. They were convinced of their self-purity and believed they were doing the work of God while acting like the children of Satan, murdering men, women, and children in the name of Prince of Peace. You could hardly imagine such an inversion of or self-delusion, but had anyone pointed this out to the Inquisitors, they would have never seen the contradiction. They were right, and anyone who disagreed had to be deleted. It's what God wanted them to do. They have moved on for now from burning at the stake, heated metal princers and thumbscrews and today's inquisition goes for demonization abuse and attempts to destroy the lives and careers of non-believers the methods may have changed but not basic mentality and ideology it is still what i think that must be imposed on everyone 
So yeah, he basically says that the elite want this because they they can't control everyone. So we're too busy controlling each other when we're just furthering their agenda, quote unquote. And then he also talks about how it's destroying freedom of speech and more division. And honestly, it also comes down to growth. Like how Eckhart Tolle says that if you keep yourself in this little bubble and always protect yourself from things that you don't want to see or don't want to hear or don't want to face, then you'll never grow spiritually or as a person and you'll just be stuck in this little bubble. It's kind of like when you get your heart broken or you had a bad past with relationships and you don't want to open your heart anymore because you think every relationship is going to be the same. So you stick in your little bubble and, and then you can start complaining about being single. But at the same time, you're the only one in, in the way of dating other people. You're the one blocking yourself from meeting other people, even if it's subconsciously, because you're afraid that it might happen again. And all those lower vibrational emotions as fear, anxiety, worry, and all that is just blocking you from your experiencing your true authenticity. And once you realize that you were supposed to go through what you went through or are going to go through, it makes everything so much easier. And of course, not easy as in like, yeah, let's go through all this trauma but easy as in understanding why things happen the way they do because they happen for a bigger purpose. And and honestly, like we do have the power to create our reality and the only person who is stopping us, the only person who is blocking us is ourselves. Like how, like I was telling my cousin, the universe isn't going to come knocking at your door with a new job, a new boyfriend or whatever you like when you start manifesting. No, you obviously have to meet it halfway and step out of your bubble. Face some challenges. Face some triggers. It's all for your growth and your expansion as a soul having a human experience. Because if you don't learn the lessons that, or if you don't experience the things you were supposed to be experienced because you lived in a bubble your whole life, then hello reincarnation. <laughs> but we are really just stopping ourselves from growing. And yes, I say we because we are a collective consciousness and Whatever you do and whatever healing you do affects me. Whatever healing I do affects you. Whatever the opposite of that affects me. Whatever the opposite I do of that affects you. So we're all connected. And although I say I'm not like these people, like I don't get offended. I don't cancel people. Like obviously we are still all one and I am trying to help you guys help the collective, help you help yourselves because once you help yourself, you help everyone else. So if we're going down in this battle of cancel culture, I'm going down with you. Like, I'm not superior to anyone and I'm not better than anyone. I may see things a little different, but that doesn't mean I'm any smarter or more special. That is why I'm talking about this because I want you guys to see how special you actually are. He talks about, he talks about how it was created and he said the cult has established an army of naive new wokers to campaign for socialism, the don't scare the children name for Marxism, and it has been coordinated through the control of education. Rebecca Friedrich, a 28-year-old teacher in the United States who also worked with the teachers union, has detailed in her book, Standing Up to Goliath, how those unions have been imposing political indoctrination on children. It turns out that this agenda is precisely what I'm exposing to be the cult agenda aka the elite agenda, aka the Illuminati, reptilians, whatever you want to call it, Soviet KGB defector Yuri Bezmenov. I actually saw this video on YouTube. Um, I don't know if you can find it now, but 
Yuri Bezmenov described decades ago in 1985 how a four-step technique works to subjugate societies for communism. He called the first stage demoralization, which he said takes about 15 to 20 years, how I was talking about it earlier, and involves at least three generations of students being indoctrinated in schools and colleges with the desired perception and ideology while other information is suppressed and demonized. I mean, that's what we're seeing today. Everything's so black and white. And if you don't believe in this, then you are a horrible human being. You are a a shame to society. You are demonized completely. The ideology must not be challenged or questioned and accepted to be self-evident truth. See? See what I mean? Yeah. We just, we have to accept it. We can't question it. That's why I say question everything. Besmanov said when he was talking about the demoralization stage, Exposure to the true information does not matter anymore. A person who is demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Even if I shower him with the information, with authentic truth, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union, show him concentration camps, he will refuse to believe it until he gets a kick in the back bottom. When the military boot crashes, then he will understand. It's true. I mean, it could goes along with everything else too. You can't drag, you can't, someone who has been so programmed and indoctrinated, you can't just tell them this and they're just gonna be like, oh yeah, unless they have a really, really open mind. But most people nowadays are just so set to their beliefs and their programming and their, what they've been taught that they don't open up their minds to anything else. And that's basically what has been going on for the past 15, 20 years, apparently. Um, He says, I keep emphasizing that when the dystopian society which new workers demand is in place, they will be the first to feel its boot up their ass. (laughs) Try doing that extinction rebellion does in London on the streets of Beijing. Yuri Bezmenov said of such revolutionaries of the people, they think they will come to power, but that will never happen, of course. They are only cult fodder to impose its will before they, too, will be targeted or eliminated. It's already happening with feminists once high in the new woke hierarchy, now attacked for having the wrong opinion about transgender activists dismantling the freedoms of women. There are many areas and subjects on which I would disagree with Victor Davis Hansen, an American military historian and professor of classics at California State University, Fresno but he was absolutely right in an article in 2019 about the way revolutionaries become the targets of their own revolution. He said that liberalism and progressivism, actually new wokeism, which has been hijacked by liberalism, will go the same way. Winston Churchill talked about how each one hopes that if he feeds the crocodile enough, the crocodile will eat him last. I tell the story in the trigger about how the about how the Jacobins were a cult front which hijacked the French Revolution and were behind what is known as the terror in France of 1793 and 1794, which killed 17,000 enemies of the revolution. Victor Davis Hansen wrote, Once liberalism and progressivism give way to Jacobinism, and they often do, as we have seen in the revolutionary France, China, and Russia, no leftist is safe from the downward spiral to ideological cannibalism. Yesterday's true believer is today's counter-revolutionary and tomorrow's enemy of the people. The voices of the sane and the moderate are usually crushed in revolutionary cycles where extremism operates on its own logic and trajectory until chaos and cannibalism finally lead even the extremists to their own suicide. We have reached the point in Bezmanov's demoralization where creations of the new woke perceptual download 
are entering politics as with Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her Green New Deal Marxism. The influence of her mindset has turned the Democrats into new woke party increasingly dominated by the likes of OAC and the rest of the so-called squad. He calls like the left the new woke parties and he says that they have opened the doors to the Colts masses migration agenda and dubbed anyone who questions the impact as Nazis, bigots, and racist. U.S. President Abraham Lincoln said, The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Oh, how the cult knows that. Besmanov's demoralization stage is followed by what he calls destabilization crisis and normalization, by which time what would earlier have been dismissed as crazy is now the new normal and society is transformed. Can anyone really deny that this has happened in those same 15 to 20 years? With the extremes of climate change, hysteria, political correctness, censorship, mass immigration, immensely expanded definition of racism, sexism, and gender, neo-wokeness is calling for everything required for the Hunger Games world to become reality. Economic devastation, deindustrialization, and global control to save us from climate change, political correctness to make the population silence itself to block exposure of what is happening, censorship of non-woke information and opinions by cult corporation chaired by new wokers, when before the Besmanov sequence young people were protesting to demand freedom of speech, mass immigration, and open borders to fulfill the cult plan for divide and rule and deletion of countries, and the transformation of the sense of gender for deeply sinister reasons that I'll be coming to. It may seem that I am condemning those that call themselves woke, when actually I'm not doing that. I'm not condemning the people, but exposing their actions and behaviors, which is a different thing. I understand why they do what they say they do. Their perceptions have been programmed from the day they were born, and even more empathetically as they have passed through the education indoctrination machine. The programming has been merciless and unceasing, and I have been saying for years that we are looking at the most perceptually manipulated generations in known human history now. Technology and social media are employed to that end. It is amazing that so many young people have seen through the program, given how fierce and extreme it has been, and they must summon the courage to speak out and refuse to have their world and campuses transformed into tyrannies by new woke insanity. Would you condemn a computer for doing what someone else has encoded it to do? This would be crazy, and with the scale of today's human programming, that analogy is valid. I am pointing out the consequences of new woke behavior and the facts that are kept from them. I am offering another way of viewing the world to maybe stimulate some self-reflection on how the program is impacting upon society. I don't condemn them. I feel sorry for them for what they are being subjected to by a psychopath and satanic system that cares nothing for their well-being and uses them as an imposition. So, yeah, <laughs> I like how he said, well, would you condemn a computer for doing what someone else has encoded it to do? That is really good. Because it's true. We're basically, we basically have been programmed. Like I've been saying since episode one, we've been programmed our whole lives to just think we are this physical and think we are what we see in this 3D, but we are way more than that. And if you question that, or if you step outside that boundary, then you will get canceled. I don't know. I know there's a lot of hate and a lot of evil in the world. I do know that, and I'm not ignoring that. And I do understand that there are mean people out there with bad intentions, you know? But when I see people like David Dobrik get canceled, obviously I don't know him as a person, but from what the things he's done for the community and how much he's given back, it just... Uh, it, 
I don't know. I guess I'm being very biased in that sense because I don't know him. That's the truth. And I have to see, I'm reflecting on that. I have to step back and see, maybe I don't know everything there is to know about him. I don't know if he has a dark side. I don't know. Because all I see is what he puts out, you know? So maybe there is a dark side to him. Or maybe, I mean, we all have a dark side. Let's be honest here. We all have a dark side. But I just feel like people need to stop focusing on other people and what they're doing and just focus on their own healing and focus on their own sovereign being and their own way of experiencing life to stop suffering. I feel like a lot of people just make themselves suffer. They create their own suffering. And I mean, Eckhart Tolle says that with all the talk of the ego, like we create our own suffering. Like, yeah, we go through ups and downs. We are having a human experience. That's what happens. We have emotions. We have bad emotions. We have good emotions, but it's up to us to whether we want to feed those bad emotions and we want to feed that negativity or we want to feed the positivity. We have that control. And I'm not saying you can do it in just a click of a button, but it, it will take some work, but it's worth the investment. That's the investment that we should all be investing in right now, not stocks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. I had so much more in the other episode and I just hope this comes across in the right way Sometimes when I talk like this, I know I can come off as like pretentious or superior, whatever you want to say, but I really just, I wouldn't be saying this stuff if I knew that it wasn't going to help someone else or it wasn't going to resonate with anyone else. Like I, I hope it does. That's all I'm saying. I hope it does. (laughs) I also don't want to sound egoic about it, but I hope this does click for someone and or makes you think like, hey, maybe, maybe I should step back and be like, yo, what's, what's going on? Like, why am I, why am I triggered by this? Or like, why am I making myself suffer if I should be enjoying life? That's another thing. Like, I'm just going to keep going back to that. Like, we're here to enjoy life. You got to laugh at yourself sometimes. You got to laugh. Just laugh. I mean, I, there comes a point where you're, you're detached from your ego and you're, you've healed and you see beyond the physical you see you see things from the bigger perspective that you just laugh like how i started laughing during the riots of um the capitol hill riots you just laugh because if you just see things from a lighter perspective and just laugh and enjoy life in that sense and enjoy the experience because it's just an experience and it's a short-lived one too you will enjoy life a little more you will create heaven on earth and love each other and help each other and want to do more things for yourself and want to do more things for other people rather than waking up every day and dreading to live in this cruel world like it's all up to you it's all up to you how you want to see things and your perception of things and it's all up to you to do what you truly want to do not the the ego you but the you you (laughs) the big you so listen to that you listen to your intuition listen to your own discernment do some shadow work, <laughs> do some healing, live life for you, and come from a place of authenticity of unconditional love. Because if you truly stick to that path, all good things will happen. The universe rewards people who put their hearts out and share their truth, obviously if it's coming from a place of love and authenticity and not their ego. 
But anyways, like I said, I ramble too much. Um, I'm not going to do any questions this week. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. But like I said, I've been so busy, just so much going on with um, the launch of my new store and my job and Postmates and all that stuff. So I'm so sorry. I know it's not an excuse. I'm not trying to make an excuse. Um, But I hope you guys understand. I love you guys so, so much. I appreciate all all your kind words. Um, I recently got a voice memo because on, if you click on the website for my podcast on Anchor, you can leave voice memos. Uh, and I just got a really sweet one recently. And I just want to say thank you, Sonia, for your kind words. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to send me that voice memo. It makes me so happy that you guys could resonate with what I say and I can be a voice for those who feel like they're alone, you know? Sometimes you feel like no one else is thinking the same way you are, and then you find someone like me <laughs> or someone who posts content like I do, because it's not just me, guys. Like I'm just one voice out of probably thousands of others who probably think the same and are either too afraid to say anything or feel like they're alone, don't have anyone around them to relate. So I'm glad that I could be that person for you guys. And again, if you don't resonate with my content or what I say, that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to make everyone happy. But if you do, hello. Thank you for sticking around. And if you don't resonate with my content, but you're still listening, thank you as well. Thank you for sticking around and giving me a chance. But anyways, um, I hope this episode resonated with someone and I hope it makes sense. I just, I just think cancel culture should be canceled. Let's just out with that. I'm going to start that movement, cancel, cancel culture. If you guys have any feedback, comments, concerns, questions, the links in my bio for questions of the week, you can leave me feedback on there. Or like I said, now that I have my cousin helping me, we can do Instagram DMs, Twitter DMs. So you can find me Instagram at question everything podcast underscore because I guess question everything podcast is already taken. Rude. I'm just kidding. Uh, Twitter at woke with Kels. And if you want to leave me a voice memo on Anchor, go ahead. Honestly, that, that that was such a surprise to me when I got that notification. It was so cute. I honestly teared up. So call me, beat me if you want to reach me. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all so, so much. I hope you guys have an amazing day and just stay tuned for for the launch of the of the store. Also, I've been having I've been trying to get some cool guests together, so I'm still working on that. Um, hopefully next week I will have the guests that I want to be on. If not, I will come up with something else. But I will see you then. <laughs> love you guys. Bye.